will now start on transformation, the section where Joko, in a way, wants to point out the important difference between what most people want when they do some various activities, including sitting, including meditation, is that they want change, as she says it, want to be happier, less anxious, and then you could figure out what else. And how that is significantly different from a practice of transformation. And that difference is an important difference to be able to see because not knowing, not being aware of that difference, it's very easy to fall into the side of I want such and such, whatever the such and such that we particularly want from our practice. Um, Or as she puts it, we want the present model repainted a bit maybe updated a a bit. Um, And she says, though we might get that, that isn't going to satisfy us, but even more, it'll only take us a certain distance and inherently will perpetuate what creates problems, which is the I want and I don't want, I like and I don't like, I am and I am not and all the other variations of that. Um, so, so I think that's a, uh, enough of an introduction, since you've all read what she's written, and we can then begin to explore some of the examples and some of the specifics, and maybe some of the ways in which you might think believe that what she says is inaccurate or inappropriate, which is fine. So, let's see what you have to say about this transformation. Even transformation is, um, as a word, can be misconstrued just because the nature of our um, language is a dualistic language, subject, objects, etc., but that's okay. We just do our best with it. So. This is in uh, the second paragraph. And again, I've got this on yes. my iPad. And it's the sentence. It's about in the middle of the paragraph. This is a very different view of practice than is held by most Zen students. And she's yes. talking about transformation. No, it's the third paragraph. Oh my goodness, it's way on. Well, it's a 202. For us, it's page 202. And it is the bottom of the second paragraph. Okay, thanks. Oh, yes, right. So wait, so Heidi, continue what you were... Well, I'd like... Oh, this is very... I'll read it again. This is a very different view, and I think she's talking about the view, she's talking about transformation, which is that uh, the aim of the I is, is, becomes transformed. Right. So it's and different. Said, 
It's a different view than talking about how I practice in order to I get something and I don't get something. I don't. I wouldn't say it's a different view than Zen, but it's a different view than held by most American Zen students that she was encountered encountering, and by most Westerners and by most people who begin practice, because most people begin practice because. I want something. I want something this way or that way. It's very hard to go beyond that at first because that's how we approach the whole of our life. And that's, in a sense, a fundamental poison that's existed for millennia for anyone that begins, um, call it Buddhist practice, call it any kind of practice. We approach it from the I point of view at first, unless there's something radically occurs to us and we can see right away that that's the problem. But it's very hard. So that's what, yeah. The, the point is we have to be willing to be anything, as she says. Now, which one of us wants to be anything? I mean... There's all sorts of things that we don't want to be, which is we say we're going to practice in order to be something other than the thing that I don't want to be. And then we get these additional things that we don't want to be, and we're told we have to be that. That's the practice when those arise. Hey, I'm coming here to get rid of the things that I don't want to be, and now you're giving me more things that I don't want to be. Not that you have to do those other things in order to practice, but in the inevitable life of ongoing change that being human is, all sorts of things that we don't want, so to speak, whether it's simple things like having a hard day or call it a bad day or more... um, Intensive things, such as things happening to our body, to people that we're with, to the circumstances that we live and work in, or to the universe, all sorts of things occur. And they occur outside of our control. And yet they are nothing but the opportunity of our ongoing practice. So... Elliot, this is Debbie. I, yes. I am um, still using I, but I think... It's fine to use the word. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> to, uh, I, I don't think I came to Zen expecting transformation or enlightenment or anything, but I, I did have an expectation to reduce suffering by... Uh, as she puts it in this chapter, as um, to be what life asks of us. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's the next paragraph after that. We just, we're like children. We just want somebody to give us what a small child wants of his parents. To right. Peace and attention and comfort and understanding. Uh-huh. And, 
Yes, that's so enticing. And, you know, just today, I got in my car this morning, and the heat's not working. And I, I was like, you know, initially you do this total resistance. And um, then I, you know, at least the practice has given, given me, the problem is I just start thinking it through. Yes. Instead of maybe... Um, just having the experience, but yeah. I'm still at the point where I'm thinking, saying, okay, this is just another experience. What is the skillful thing to do? So you have to call the dealership. Of course, they can't get you in until next Monday. So you have to be cold in the car for a weekend. So I guess that's how it is. Um, but I have it has, I mean, I know there's going to be something that in my mind is really bad that will happen. And I'm sure I'm going to go back into that mode. But I at least am aware that I can tell myself this is just another experience. Yes. It's, um, that's it's just so hard i i have no other expectations yes. <laughs> to me that is um, that's just the practice yes. and it is less suffering yes and and going into that as you use the expression going into that other mode that's just another part of our habit until we see that that's where we went and that that's not going to work here and it's not useful here the fact that we go into that mode is just another part of call it the cause and effect habits that we carry along that that are part of the way we've been in the world and sometimes we see it very quickly that it's, this isn't the way and then sometimes we don't till we've sat there and maybe banged on the car for a while and, you know, come on, give me that heat, <laughs> or whatever you do, or, or banged on ourself about not having the heat. And But, um, yes, it's, it's, very, uh, it's very hard to even notice that we have that um, that those not we have that, but that those habits come up uh, until we be have the ability to see them for what they are. That they're just habits that are distorting our ability to function and respond to the world as it is now and as we are now. So it, it it's. Not that we have to create a new expectation that these shouldn't occur to us, but rather, yeah, okay, there it is, and now, what's skillful and what supports me in being what's hard to be, whether it's um, every day between now and next week when you're going to be in the car, and when you start shivering, going, oh, okay, or remembering to take two coats or a coat and an extra sweater in the car or 
whatever else is necessary. And hopefully there won't be a hard freeze, so the car will be able to function without a layer of ice um, until you can get it to the dealer or whoever the mechanic is who's going to take care of it. Well, you know, that's one thing we, we learn very quickly is that there's limits of, of what we could do about the warmth in, in where we live. Yeah. <laughs> or even the warmth in our body, if that's the situation as well. So, yes. Um... It's it's interesting to see how our life circumstances, in one sense, as they're expanding, or I'll let's say it differently, as we're expanding our capacity to um, embrace uh, um, circumstances and conditions of different sorts and not go into the... Uh, older habits of I want, I don't want ways of reacting, um, even as we expand that capacity, there are new circumstances that arise that we have to notice, oh, right here is a practice time. What's the, or as Joko puts it, what's the bag lady moment that I have to do right now that I thought I would never have to do, but now I have to take care of it. Whether it has to do with the bag lady or has to do with something a family member, friend, co-worker says or neighbor does, or even that we do, and we say, where did that come from? How come that came out of my mouth? And what do I do when that comes out of my mouth? Um, despite the fact that I didn't think I would react that way about that, So, um, this time of year, we, we sort of get uh, additional opportunities, both because it, in some ways it's a time of year when we see people and are in circumstances that are more um, connecting and at the same time more potentially um what should I say, conflicting. I mean, they, they have both those potentials, and it's up to us to see that both of those are opportunities for our ongoing practice. Sometimes we want our practice, as Joko said, <laughs> said to turn life into a substitute parent. Now, there's truth is that life is a substitute parent, but it's a parent that doesn't do anything but connect us to the universe that is our life, which isn't going to be necessarily the way we want it and figure it should be, but it is going to be the way it is to nurture our joy in, in our opening up to it. 
See, that's the transformation, is the willingness to be where we are according to our best ability. I don't think we always notice in ourselves a transformation taking place. Yes, that's true. Maybe it's gradual or that's not really what we're paying attention to. Um, I notice for myself, you know, after practicing for, I don't know, 10 years or so, I didn't feel like any sort of transformation (laughs) for me, but everybody else seems to have changed. (laughs) Everybody seemed nicer and more more deserving of my attention and compassion and respect, but I felt exactly the same. Well, that's fine, and in a way the, the, the word transformation is is only useful when you're doing something like talking about a uh, practice in a somewhat distant way in a chapter like this or in a talking about it, but there's no need, there is no transformation uh, because all that transformation is still a step away from the actual intimate or intimacy practicing of the present moment um, of our life. So, of course, as soon as we start thinking about am I transforming, are they transforming, we're just creating trouble for ourselves and others. Yeah, then it becomes an idea, uh, uh, ideal. Yes. Um, what else is I going to say? Bless you. So everybody's got a cold. Wow. Yeah, it's, it, I I, tra- I transmitted it over the internet. Yeah, you, you transformed us into cold receptors. Um. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that can be discouraging for practice, at least that I've noticed, is this expectation of of how it's going to change me. Uh, I'm not going to get irritated anymore. Or I'm not going to get upset about the things I used to get upset about. And then it happens again. And this, you have the same reaction. You think, well, what good is this practice? But right there, it shows what good the practice is because you've noticed yeah. You're aware that you're getting upset, as opposed to just going with that upsetness as if it was the reality of the situation, yeah. like Debbie was talking about. Yeah, and and the step more Joko talks about as a skillful means to select several things, and you define things, whether as habits or events or circumstances with people or several things to stay with or to be particularly attentive to at a period of time, for a period of time as your practice um, opportunities and especially given that in the next week some of us and in the next month we are likely to have particular situations that don't 
uh, occur as often in the rest of the year. We might be with people or be in circumstances that are unusual, etc. And so I think it's useful for us to reflect what can I put particular attention to in the next week or two or in the next week and next month given that I know I am going to do A, B, C, D or B in places X, Y, and Z or with people Q, R, and S. So that's something you have to decide um, how and where you want to put that extra attention. You see that at the end. Let's see, it's the next to the last paragraph in the article where Joko says, instead of trying to work with everything at once, which is fine, but we, um, it's in some ways more skillful, we work on one or two items at a time, maybe for two or three months, and just keep pounding away. Um, and it's up to you to, to see what are the items of your skillful practice. Certain, I was going to say, certainly one thing in the Midwest um, with your colder weather would be every time you step out, just as a quick t- to notice if you have reactions to how cold or um, not cold it is. Uh, that That's even a simple little thing. Um, or how strong the snow is and things like that. But that's just off the top of my head without even thinking, but that has nothing to do with your personal life, which is much more significant. In some well, ways. one thing that I'll be practicing with this season ah. is this will be the first yes. giving and Christmas that I won't spend with my mother. Yes. And it's interesting. You know, the, the habits and expectations, however pleasant they may be, still pop up. Yes. Um. And in, in being sensitive and present with that is being the opportunity to see how that process of her not being there and whatever forms that takes comes up for, for you or for others in the ways that it comes up for them. And how do you be with the others in your family who are grieving or, um, quote, not grieving in, in, the, in the way someone wants? Um, because not only is it her absence, but the whole dynamic might be different. It will be. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> now, uh, Joko uses the language of, um, uh, what should I say? The parental language of saying that sometimes people seem like 
children in their way of reacting to circumstances of complaining or um, looking for uh, a, uh, quote, a big breast to hang on to, close quote. Um, and in, in a way that reflects her particular style of, of, of speaking. Um, but it's also useful for us to notice what resonates with us as a way of seeing those states. And it might be a, something different than thinking of some complaints as um, being like children. It might be something else. So part of our practice is starting to discover what's so for us in uh, the style when I want comes up or I don't want comes up or I should comes up or whatever other phrase what, how is that for us, how do we sense that whether sensing it inside in our um, the physicality sensing it or sensing it in the language that we respond or how others are responding and to use that as a signal of practice opportunity and to use it as a signal to notice what's happening before we might otherwise notice so that we can be particularly sensitive about working about those particular aspects. As I said, each of us needs to choose what the particular aspects that are for us to work with. other comments <coughs> or things that you think aren't clear on how Joko writes it or your understanding of it or even disagreeing about it um, I have a comment my name is Alana kind of newer here but um, yes. she talks about um, being curious with your experiences which yes. I've, yeah, definitely. I've read about that before, and I can appreciate the perspective. But then sometimes, you know, when I'm trying to be curious with what's, like, coming up for me, so, like, my sensations, feelings, emotions, uh-huh. um, I'll start to analyze it with my thinking. Yes. Um, and I don't know if it's, it's, like, my thinking is then, if that's what distracts me from being curious and, like, open to my experiences, or if that, like, adds to it. Um, so I might, like, I'll be feeling, I don't know, like, pain or suffering of, of some sort, and I'll try to remain curious by thinking, like, oh, how how is this affecting me? Um, what does this mean? I don't know if that's, like, take, does that take me away from my experience, or is that being curious? I don't know if we could talk more about right. what she means by that. Curious is um, a sense of openness without trying to first drive it in a particular direction, but also not, not 
attempting to uh, add words and ideas as a way to explain it. Uh, so analyzing it might be useful at some times, but it doesn't particularly nurture that kind of curiousness that she's talking about, because in a sense, I mean, she compares the curiousness to the curiousness of a child who um, is not trying to get information, ideas, thinking about it, but is simply being there and sensing it in the various experiencing aspects of being present with it. So, curious is is a, a sense of openness and having it be part of our multi-sensory experiencing, if I, if I say that. So, we're there without trying to add on a, a storyline or an explanation which would then close off the, the curiousness about it because it would almost make us believe that, okay, now I know what this is. Um, it's this, that, that, and that, that I, my explanation of it. As opposed to curious is being willing to be present with it with the while we quote don't know so allowing ourselves not to know and yet to be the experiencing of it we can also be curious and open to the fact that we tend to analyze and conceptualize well yes so then the the arising of the analyzing, conceptualizing habit, but then it means to allow it to arise, to notice it if you want, and then be the experiencing of it coming and going without then having to add on, I shouldn't, this is extra, what am I going to do about this, or anything else, which is a habit. And then we get to notice how much those that habit in various forms for us comes up. In a way, curious means not having to respond to it at the moment, except when we have to, not having to react to it except when there's a need to do that. So that means allowing it to unfold with with our presence and experiencing, but without doing anything. In one sense, you could say Zazen is being curious, except that we often, when we say curious, we think of it, me back here is doing this thing, called being curious about that over there. So it tends to subject, verb, object, whereas curiosity is closer to the experiencing where we're not having that distancing and separating. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. That sounds good, Ms. Debbie. Yes. Also, it's 
you know, I, I, it's not as if thoughts are bad or something to be eliminated. It's just um, there's more to the, the experience than just those thoughts. There's this broad, I mean, I try not to demonize my thoughts. I try to notice them and then realize that they're, there's there's all parts to this experience, yes. uh, and and the thoughts are just part of them. But there's a lot of others, and try try to let go of that struggle of saying, oh no no I I can't keep having thoughts because they're they're gonna come up, and if I can just kind of let them go and not hold on to them and kind of try to settle into the whole experience but not I think when you first sit start sitting we all come we all come to sitting thinking 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 that we shouldn't be thinking um and uh yeah yeah, just come to kind of and thoughts are just another part of this function the functioning of being human except when they interfere with the other aspects, so to speak, or they interfere with us being human. So, of course, I would hope that when you're in the car and the the heat's not there and you have to be able to think to pick up the phone and call, look up who to call and then make the call and make the arrangements. If you didn't have the thinking about it, you know, they'd be worse of a mess. Um, but, yes, that's very useful. And the th- reason it's significant is because of our overemphasis on just thinking and missing the rest of our life. Because it's all through that lens of thinking, likes and dislikes, subject, object, and so forth. Yeah, I think we need to be, I think we need to be a little bit gentle with ourselves and our practice sometimes because it's a very subtle kind of slippery thing to, you know, to be present and experiencing and noticing our thoughts and then getting caught up in our thoughts and, and it can become frustrating if we think that we have to control that whole process somehow. Well, that's why the simplicity of simply noticing thoughts, if need be labeling and noticing emotion thought, and then in a sense, not getting rid of that, but simply allowing that to be the opportunity of opening to the experiencing moment in all the particular ways that it is, with the so-called thoughts that we like or the so-called feelings that we don't like. Good. We can end now, and next week we will not have a class, and the week after that, which is going to be the 30th, we will resume having a class. So, I hope you all enjoy your Thanksgiving, however it is. Thank you. I hope you get to feeling better soon. I hope so. Thank you.
Good evening. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night.